This is a HeadGum Original. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. It's another episode of Newcomers. <laughs> I'm Nicole Byer. I'm Lauren Lapkus, and we are watching all of the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit trilogies for the first time. This is our eighth episode of the new season. And, you know, we've we've put in a lot of hours with these films. Yeah. Um, we've all aged. <laughs> we, <laughs> we've seen it all. And now it's time to unwind a bit, just have some fun. And maybe we'll learn some new tidbits along the way with some popular memes, parodies, mm-hmm. and other creations that have come about over the years because of this iconic franchise. Oh, and you know the memes. The memes are coming in hot. Lots of memes. (laughs) And I'm just so excited to see memes and understand them or have many questions about them. Yeah, I do think we've received a good amount um, on Twitter of things that I sometimes look at and have no clue what it means, even though... Look, and, and by the way, somebody tweeted at me like, if you're not going to pay attention to the film, I'm like, we are paying yep. attention. This yep. is the best of our ability. I can't, I don't know how to tell you. I have paid as much attention as I can possibly pay. And yeah. if you, if it's not enough for you, I don't tell you, but that was sent to, by somebody who had listened to just the second episode. And I was like, hey, wait till you get to The Hobbit. I liked that one. <laughs> I, like, there are surprises around every corner here. But here's the thing about the person who tweeted that, because I also saw it. (laughs) Um, I didn't know that Star Wars was in the past and it's the first thing that you see. So, like, I don't know what to tell. I watched it. I've read I read the scroll out loud and I didn't know until the end. So that's what you're dealing with. Yeah, we do our best, but we cannot take in all of the facts. Okay. yes. Um, Now, now that we've finished with both of the Peter Jackson trilogies, Let's try to debrief a little bit about these six pillars of the franchise. So just what we've experienced so far, we've watched all three Lord of the Rings movies and all three Hobbit movies Yes, with varying levels of success for um, our brains, I think. Yes. And a pillar, that's like a thing that stands out. The thing that stands out the most for me is the eagles could be useful and the eagles (laughs) just swoop in at the end for whatever reason. I don't know. They're like the Switzerland of the giant animals. 
Um, there's elephants in the in the second trilogy, and I don't understand why there's no elephants in the Hobbit. Those eagles could have honestly saved the day like yes, a thousand times. I think just, so. They just don't. I'm my favorite thing so far has been all of the dwarves, and I feel extremely connected to their characters. <laughs> and I also like Bilbo. Those are my favorite things um, that I've yeah. discovered. I like the Hobbits, <laughs> but I think my absolute favorite thing is from the Hobbit franchise. And that is Radagastian, uh, Rastafarian, whatever yes. that man's name is, yes. who is like a full-blown Looney Tune with his crazy hair and he lifts up his hat and there's like birds under there. <laughs> like, who is he? I want more of that. He was fun. <laughs> I think I liked a lot of the like weirder stuff. Yeah. And I liked a lot of the stuff made for children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, if you're listening to this and you hate spoilers, we're definitely going to have spoilers in this episode because we're now kind of looking at things that are making fun of the uh, movies that we've already watched. Yeah. And we're experts now. So we know facts. (laughs) We are highly informed. Um, And we are so excited for our guest today. It's Paul Shear. He co-hosts the film discussion podcast, How Did This Get Made and Unspooled? And you've seen him in The League and Fresh Off the Boat. And he now stars on Showtime's Black Monday Welcome, Paul. How are you? I am so excited to be here. I love the show. And uh, I cannot wait to talk about Lord of the Rings, which I have to admit is not totally my bag, right? Like, it, like oh, I okay. like it. I like it a lot. But I will tell you, I did not see all of the new trilogy in the theater. No, no, no. Mm. I was like, <laughs> too much for me. I get it. And I found that to be great cleaning up the house um, background TV ah. for me because it's so long. The, yeah. the new ones, The Hobbit yes. is is aggressively long. I read the books. I love the books. And I did love the first versions of the movies. I have mixed opinions on the extended cuts. But, uh, <laughs> but The Hobbit in general, that three, big thumbs down for this guy. Yeah, that seems to be the general consensus on The Hobbit films. Yeah. People hated those. Yeah. I have a question, Paul. I've asked yeah. mo- like a bunch of our guests. Who who gave you the Lord of the Rings books? Who? Okay, so I grew up in a time where uh, culturally literate was really me just reading movie novelizations. So I was only reading like Total Recall, the book, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, or Ferris Bueller, the book. I literally wow. still have all those books. They're they're amazing to look at. Like they pay an author, sometimes a good author. To just <laughs> basically take a script. I remember reading Beverly Hills Cop to the book, which I have, and there's like a deleted scene in there. I was like, oh, that must have been it. I, I was so excited to have a deleted scene. And also <laughs> as like a pervy little kid, like uh, Axel Foley goes to like a strip club. That's like kind of the, the thing that he does in the first two films. And I was like, ooh, I get to read about nudity. <laughs> that was so exciting to me. There's no sex. It was just that they were in a strip club and that felt scandalous to me. Um, so I didn't read Lord of the Rings the way that probably most people read it where they were in high school and it made this gigantic impact and they were listening Mm -hmm. to Led Zeppelin and all of a sudden their eyes opened and it was like, yes, this is me. Uh, I read it uh, when I was in New York uh, when the Lord of the Rings films were getting buzzed about like, oh, they're making Lord of the Rings. And I was like, oh, wow, I never read Lord of the Rings. I should read them now. So I read them as an adult and before they were out and I just wanted to kind of uh, dive into that world. And I absolutely loved it. Um, I didn't ever read The Hobbit until after I read the 
Uh, oh, actually, no, that's a lie. I read The Hobbit first because like a kid's book. And then mm-hmm. I went off and read the three. And it was it was great. I love the books. The books are really wonderfully done. Hmm. Now, will you be reading the books on this podcast? Too? <laughs> oh, God, I don't oh, know. I think reading is going to come into play at some point, but I, I'm not looking forward to that. Me either. I, I was really <laughs> nervous when you guys called me to do the podcast. I was like, oh, boy, am I going to have to watch one of these movies again? Like, uh, like as somebody who watches <laughs> on a minimum two movies a week to look to stare down the barrel at a three hour movie. I was like, this oh, is, God. I mean, this has been the problem we've been yes. facing is just yes. like when you have the homework to watch the movie, it's like. Oh my God, I have to set aside two nights, honestly, because that's what I do. I break it up. You have to. It's so much better. Build your own intermission. I'm (laughs) a big believer in it. I'm a big believer of building your own intermission into it. (laughs) How is it for you with going through, um, for Unspooled, you guys did the top 100. Yeah. What what is the list? Who makes the list? Uh, The AFI top 100 list, which is uh, like, surprisingly, I went into many of those films going like, oh God, I got to watch this. And then you leave and you go, that was absolutely amazing. I feel better for knowing that that's out in the yeah. world than I feel, you know, so there's something really uh, light about it. And then there are the ones that are just like, I'm slogging through it. I'm like, oh, God. Like, what was searchers. one that surprised you? Um, there is this film. There's been actually a bunch of great uh, movies on that list that I didn't know about. Uh, there was one, a silent film by W.F. Murnau, who uh, who did like Shadow of the Vampire. Oh, he sorry, he did Nosferatu, which then became Shadow of the Vampire, that John Malkovich movie. And it was called uh, uh, Sunrise. And it's beautiful. It's like this beautiful love story, but also incredibly weird and crazy. And I don't like silent films that much. Like I can, mm-hmm. if I'm in the right environment, but at home on my couch, it is going to knock me out. It is a yeah. sleeping yeah. pill beyond belief. <laughs> um, and, and and I feel bad, but it's like, it's, I, if I'm in a theater, I can do it. But that movie just blew me away in what they were able to do. And there's this other movie and I'm just blanking on the name of it right now, but it's like uh, a movie about soldiers coming home from the war with PTSD. And it was way ahead of its time. No one's ever heard of it. It has a guy with, um, he was he has amputated uh, limbs and he's actually a, a real soldier who had this happen to him. And it's, one of these films that like Steven Spielberg is like, that's my favorite film of all time. Um, but it's just not available anywhere. You like occasionally yeah. AMC will play it and that's how you can kind of find it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I don't know why I'm not remembering that name, but that's what it is. What's a movie <laughs> you've hated? Oh, God. There's so many on that list. There are so many. <laughs> well, I would and be... you also have to watch for how did this get made? Like you have to watch bad movies, which but is like, that that's is hard. a pleasure. It's a joy. <laughs> it's a joy at points because you know, talking about it on how did this get made? It's like, oh, I can sit back and relax and be like, what can I talk about here? Make fun of have like we just did uh, Deadly Mile High Club, which is about like a flight instructor who falls in love with her student and then tries to kill everybody in his life. It's like Fatal Attraction oh. in the Sky. <laughs> I just watched Fatal Attraction last night for the first time. I Ooh. just watched it like a week ago. Really? I never saw it. Yeah. Uh, it's is it great. good? It's funny. It's really good. I know. And yeah. I was like, I had this moment of which I'm thinking is what you're experiencing with going through this list of great movies like. There's this feeling of like relaxation that washes over you when something's just good and you're like, yes, oh, it's just going to be a good, interesting story with great acting. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, it's like, oh, you're oh, this is a yeah, there's something so nice. Like, Oh, that's why people love this movie. Yeah, I think for me, I've seen so many fucking after AFI Vietnam movies, Mm -hmm. so many Vietnam movies and um, and 
Like I, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say, and I'm sure many people will disagree with me. I'm not the biggest fan of John Wayne. I did not like The Searchers. I don't think it was like that great. Like I, I like a western. I don't know if I love John Wayne. And I will also go and say one thing that was really hard on the AFI list. And I'm not trying to sound like woke or like whatever, but <laughs> it's the same point of view, which is white male dudes. It's yeah. like that is it. There's one black director. There are no female directors. Damn. It's primarily just white cast and so there is this blurring of the lines where it's like okay everything seems about the same and so whenever something is a little bit different it really like mm-hmm. it pops you out of your seat because it's like oh i'm just yeah used to seeing this i just i feel like that list was basically created in the 70s like everybody who made films in the 70s are like yeah this is our list and it's like <laughs> uh, and and so there's something a little flat about it in the general sense and there are great movies in there but yeah, that was like the thing that was like, that was what was tiresome about the list is just not, no variety of a hundred movies. Be like, yeah, okay, well, here's another Holocaust film. I, I got it. I saw yeah. it. I saw it. You know, it's like, yeah. So that's a hard thing about a list like that because I, in my dream world, it would be like, this is like a full scope of what mm-hmm. film is in the last, you know, however many years. Like, there would be something so nice. I mean, I'm sure people have made lists like that. We're, yeah, we're trying to do that with our second season right now where we're trying to create the ultimate list. And when we feel like we have the ultimate list, we're going to blast it off into outer space. People who've listened to our show have figured out how we can like beam it into space. But <laughs> Wait, we, literally? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. Oh, so, I thought that was like a, a euphemism. Yeah, no, for like no, putting no. it online. Blast it out for everybody. Yeah. Like, no, we're taking it to the moon. We are literally blasting it out into outer space. So we have to ask the question, will the aliens like this movie? Uh, but we <laughs> we cut down we cut down the AFI list to 40 films out of 100. So we knocked off 60. So we have 60 slots to fill. Oh, that's fine. And so now we're just going to go through and find different types of films. And, and this season has been so much fun. Like our first miniseries has been all about like back to school coming of age movies. And that has been awesome. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel invigorated by like just seeing different things, talking to different people. It's, it's been really, uh, really, really fun. That is fun. I have a movie that you should watch. It is mm-hmm. neither good nor worth <laughs> it, but it's okay. called Flight 666. Ooh, and I already I don't like this. know if I've laughed harder than some of the choices these actors made. I would watch it again. It's It was so funny. It, it wasn't meant to be, though. Well, have you guys seen Money Plane? Because Money Plane. No. no. Okay. Money Plane is Joey Lawrence. You know, whoa. <laughs> yes. uh, his brother uh, made a film that looks like the from the thought of it to the completion it was about two and a half weeks. Uh, it, <laughs> it stars a Tyler Perry a, schedule. Yeah, very quick. Uh, it, they basically, Kelsey Grammer hires like a bank robber to rob the money plane, which is a plane in the sky, which is a, uh, a no-holds-barred casino. Oh. Yeah, where they have money on the plane, but everything's done digitally. I don't understand it exactly, <laughs> but it is one of the weirdest I mean, it's all on a plane that it's so sad. It's a sad, it's, it's sad <laughs> and fun. And like those, but those movies bring me so much joy. Denise Richards is in it. Kelsey Grammer. <gasps> Ooh, she's like my favorite real housewife right now. All-star cast. Yeah, it's an all-star cast. They all have one line each. Like <laughs> Denise Richards literally peeks her head through a window at one point and is like, okay, she's in the movie. We got her. Like, oh my like, God. Everyone's like, I can be there. Just give me a heart out. <laughs> Are you watching uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills? Oh, I love. 
Oh my god! I Have love you been it. I seeing, love it. Oh my god! The stuff with Denise this season is so amazing. I just am obsessed. Denise Richards. That that she. I mean, she's not coming back now, right? That's the I whole know. Thing. Well, I heard also heard Teddy's not coming back. I mean, there's oh, a whole wow. shakeup happening, which is it's probably for the best. But Nicole, I don't know if you've <laughs> ever watched any Real Housewives. I, I I watched the first season of The OC, and I was like. I can't believe these people act like this. And then I started watching Atlanta. And I was like, these people are worse behaved. <laughs> Atlanta to me is so fun. I mean, the one I always reference this thing of Atlanta. Like, I just love like the adventures that they are forced to go on. Like mm-hmm. there was one thing in Atlanta where they went to a portrait artist where he would take a picture of you with your devil side and your angel side. So there would be like a picture of you just being nice and sweet. And then above your shoulder, like you being like saucy and nasty. And I was like, yes, no, I, that like that kind of like, like I don't know about those things. I'm like more of that. Like same way with like Beverly Hills. It's like, they're going off to get, things steamed or going to and like I don't even know this is a thing goat <laughs> yoga like great oh, like yes. bring it bring me in <laughs> yes um and and honestly like Denise with this season Nicole this season was really exciting because oh, Denise so supposedly had sex with Brandy who yes. was a previous yes. housewife and no one believed no one knew who to believe but pretty much they all believed Brandy mm-hmm. and by the way her husband insane right her husband like works in this way like He's like working for some company where he's like, it's vitamins that uh, make you bulletproof. Like he, like he is Wait, like, what? So- he's like, here's an electromagnet you put under your pillow and you will have no problems anymore. Like it's truly like just it's, things you're like, oh, okay. it is bonkers. Like <laughs> legit bonkers. fully lost their minds. Everyone is out of control. Mm. I can't handle it. Speaking of fun things, uh, what parts of the Lord of the Rings uh, <laughs> did you find fun? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think what you what you both said that I I love and respond to in the series is kind of what Harry Potter has too, which is like the crazy characters, the birds under the head, the big, you know, like mm-hmm. when Gandalf is on the tower and again, I don't know names and I do love this trilogy but I can't quote it all to you. Um but I love like when he jumps on the back of that big giant hawk. I love the way the orcs are building their things. I love them going down barrels in the river. Like, <laughs> the, you know, like the height differences are great. Like it's visually a fun movie. And I think, unfortunately, The Hobbit suffered from the studio going, you took a 90 minute movie and you made it into nine hours. Or, you know, <laughs> like, and, 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 I, and I feel like, why would they have done that? But um, it to me... If I had to pick Game of Thrones or this, I think I would pick this over Game of Thrones oh. because I think the world building, at least, the I'm going to take this, the the Peter Jackson version of it. And I would even say that it extends to The Hobbit because the, the world building is still good. But the story of Lord of the Rings, I think a lot of people try to imitate and, and do, but it really is, it's one of the best versions of like a large scale war and lands and people and fleshed out things. I'm sure people right now are so mad at me that I'm, <laughs> no, I'm like, honestly <laughs> thrilled to hear this because I don't want to watch Game of Thrones. Me and Gabrus, Gabrus and I watched the first and last episodes yeah. for Raised by TV and just made up what happened in the middle. <laughs> and people didn't love that either. But <laughs> yeah, people are going to get mad at you. Yeah, people but, have nothing to do but get mad on the podcast. <laughs> but it's fun with this because I feel like, okay, if you're saying that this kind of does a lot of the same stuff, I'm like, now I have seen all of this. So there's something right. really satisfying about that or we just know and I, I'm, I'm just so glad to finally be able to say I know what this is wait how many uh, yeah. seasons of Game of Thrones like are eight there? or something there was a bunch was a lot. that's wild I've only watched one episode I mean they get progressively worse oh they do they get oh yeah I mean there's the funniest meme online is 
this like picture of a horse and they divided it up into cross sections. So I guess, uh, you know, uh, if, if there are eight seasons, I'm trying to think of like how many seasons there, they, they cut up the horse into eight seasons and, oh, six. Oh, sorry. Eight seasons. Oh. So they cut up the it horse into six. Uh, yeah. They cut it up into eight pieces. And then the first, you know, first piece, beautifully drawn horse, like everything. Mm-hmm. And the second piece, like pretty good. And third, and then it's like, oh, the horse is looking a little bit weird. And then like the <laughs> four, five, and six, like the horse is like, the butt is just like, Meh. like it's like, it's like a child <laughs> drew it. Like, and it's like, and it is a perfect distillation of like where it went. The actors are great and everything is fine. But I don't know, like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, really the, the books and the movies, I think really did it the right way. Mm-hmm. Like, it pays off. It ends really well. I think The Hobbit is what it is. The Hobbit is a kid's book that they tried to make into Lord of the Rings, which Lord of the Rings is simply not that. It's like Lord of the Rings is this epic tale, and they tried to mm-hmm. do that. I think it would have been so much... I want, like, Topher Grace cut, uh, yes, like, the, the Star, like, Wars. Like, Star Wars down to, like, you know, the first three movies into, like, one film or something like that, or cut everything out of uh, Phantom Menace that was bad. Uh, and it was like a 15 minute movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I do think that someone should do that for The Hobbit and just put it all together. And you would be like, whoa, like like Peter Jackson should be like, hey, by the way, I did make a mistake. Here's the 90 minute version of The Hobbit. Enjoy. <laughs> yes, I'm sure someone will do it now. Yeah. People have talked about a lot about the cartoon version, which is like mm-hmm. 90 yes. minutes, I think, and how they love it. And maybe that's going to be. That. I we love just that have one. to accept that as being the short version. Oh, you love that one? Oh, when I was a kid, that was a big hit in our family because we had, I had, uh, we, I'm, t- I'm an only child. It was a big hit for me. <laughs> uh, I, but it was like, I love the drawings of it. It was so kind of like psychedelic. It was in that time where I grew up right on that cusp of when things went from like animators who were like, we smoke. LSD and we fucking <laughs> live in a dragon world too, like Smurfs and shirt tails. So like I, I just I, I had like a small crossover there, and that Hobbit felt like scary as shit. Like that, the secret oh. of Nim, Watership Down, all those things like scared and scarred me, but in a good way. Like it made me excited. Wait, what is Secret of Nim? Why do I know that? Secret of Nim is kind of like is that about I mean, a rat. Yeah, it's about a rat. It's like Don Bluth who did like Oliver and Company, or, oh, or yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's and space ace that video game and stuff, but it's really, I mean, again, it's really cool. My five year old memory of it is saying it's awesome, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's another like kind of weird, dark movie about a bunch of rats like living, it's like Watership Down, I think. Um, uh, but again, I'm sure everyone's screaming at me right now because I'm just being real, <laughs> real not nerdy about it, and I and I do, I appreciate so much nerdy stuff, I don't know why. Some of the stuff doesn't register with me. I grew up much more in the Star Wars world. Like that was like my mm-hmm. that Star Trek, all that sort of stuff. Oh, can I say one thing too that I really love? You said what are fun things about the Lord of the Rings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they perfected the documentary of behind the scenes of a movie. They really gave you access. Like on the DVDs, those docs are awesome. Like the the original trilogy, they are m- giant films, and I feel like they show you stuff that. Oh, people are so much more protective over now. Like, I feel like people don't sign the releases as much as they used to. Like, I, I was, I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with like that kind of like behind the scenes documentary. There's one on Pirates of the Caribbean two that's so damning about Pirates of the Caribbean. But like, <laughs> you hired this person, they're making it, and you're gonna see this moment. And it's like people are like, we don't know what the movie is. Like, they literally wow. are like, we're shooting in a week. We don't have anything. We don't have a script. And so you get to see those moments. That's amazing. And here you do the same thing. Like the doc, the docs on the Lord of the Rings are phenomenal. Not since the only good doc I've seen recently in that same vein was the run about Ryan Johnson on uh, Last Jedi. 
was awesome. Oh. Really, really great. I'm curious about this because we brought up a bunch of times how Peter Jackson says he like improvised his yeah. way through making these movies, yeah. which I just imagine would be challenging for everyone else involved. Um, but maybe there's some really good behind the scenes of people talking about what that was like. No, they're because you know what they are doing? They're, they're getting them. And I think this is always the biggest thing is like you're getting them in the moment. Like for me, one of the best DVD commentary tracks of all time is from Justin to Kelly because they recorded it. <laughs> right before the movie came out so like oh wow people are gonna love this oh i love you like they're so positive they're like and and they are treating it like this thing was a fucking giant hit and like we did it we made grease like and it's oh no i have to watch that oh it's like their commentary track is it's it's great and i think like again like you're getting these people in the moment and you're also seeing them at their wits end. Like they are in New Zealand. <laughs> they are working like 90 days. Like, you know, they're working like day after day. They're like, they're gluing shit to their feet every day. They're yeah. asleep in a chair. They're miserable. You get like the surly nature of it. And then you watch like Vigo Mortensen, like practicing sword play at like a local gymnasium and his son's like with <laughs> them. And it's like, what's going on there? And he's, here's Vigo just walking in a town square with a giant ass fucking saber. You know, it's like, so you're getting like these weird moments of just like, Here's this crew in New Zealand where they're psyched to have them, but they don't even know what this is. That's so funny. Interesting. I feel like that would like make me anxious to be like, okay, so I'm shooting this like huge scale fantasy thing that is revered and people love. And now there's a camera following me as I go to a gym to learn how to sword fight. Well, don't you feel like you get like surly? I mean, we've all worked on like we are human beings, right? And we have like good days, bad days, good moments, bad moments. Mm -hmm. And and I and I think when you're on set, you're in a vulnerable position. But then to have a camera like just snaking you and just yeah. like watching you in a moment and knowing like, oh, fuck, like you have to be on doubly. Like it's like I have to be mm-hmm. on as an actor and then I have to be on as a person who's going to be on a reality show. And that sucks. Like it's like, yeah, because I can be a dick every now and then. And and in and, and every it's all forgiven in the moment because you're like, oh, highs and lows of mm-hmm. of. Uh, a four a four year shoot, <laughs> but yeah. you know. what's the dickish thing you've uh, ever done? Let's all tell a story. <laughs> okay, so I screamed at all these PAs and threw coffee on them, but it was because I was having a hard day. I try to get as I I get one person fired on the first day I work just because I need to prove myself right away. Um, oh man, no, I've seen some. I, I uh, I've seen so many like pieces of bad behavior like it's crazy like and the people the only rule i always say is like when people are being mean it's like just don't yell at the person making the least amount of money like i'd rather you like yell at yell at the big people don't yell at the people who are like don't yell at a pa i've seen people Uh yell at a pa and it's like get the fuck out of here you like you know like take that shit to somebody who can go home to their million dollar mansion not somebody who's like like i share with four other dudes and my kitchen's actually a bedroom but uh if i don't go there from 10 a.m to 2 it's fine Right. I just want to write. (laughs) People are so shitty. It's crazy to witness people being like just nasty. And I've had people do it to me as an, like a fellow actor. I worked with someone one time where they were like so mean to me and I was just like a guest and they were like really like condescending and harsh. Um, And it, it was just like, awful like i was like Mm -hmm. okay i have to just ignore you now and try to do this yeah i once had an actor that i respected uh look at my dressing room and go oh she got the bigger room how interesting and i was like um i didn't choose this this is not my fault you can't be mad at me and then she was like pretty nasty for the rest of the shoot 
Wow. Wow. Cool. (laughs) I once uh, saw somebody (laughs) somebody go like this. You can't really see it, so I'll describe it. Like sitting down in a chair in between takes and just extend his arm like almost like uh like Tony Stark as Iron Man. There's like funk and and put it in like a cup kind of uh shape and it was like Diet Coke. Like and just no. like wait and waited there for someone to place it sick. in his like kung fu ready hand, like to put it. I was like, that is one of the most fucked up things. I've, I, that, it's burned in my brain. It's That's, literally burned yeah, in my brain. I can't unsee That's it. That's crazy. Oh, okay. Well, should we jump into our Shirewire, which is our yes. news segment here? Now we have some news from the set of the Amazon Lord of the Rings series. It's very big and expensive. If you're, um, that's shocking. Um, <laughs> the series will be set before the events of the Lord of the Rings take place in a time period called the Second Age. And thanks to uh, the coronavirus, earlier uh, earlier this year, over 800 cast and crew members were sent home from filming. Now they're back at it, shooting in West Auckland, New Zealand. It is lucky that they were shooting in New Zealand, where it's like yeah. there's no cases. Yeah. The price tag for production of five seasons, by the way, it's five seasons already, is reportedly $1 billion. That's too much money for TV. Well, that's too much. But that's it's so much. five seasons. I mean, if you, you, you know, you, oh, but here's yeah. the thing. The other part of this is, oh, would you want to do this show? As an actor, would you want to be on the show? Because you have two things going against you. One, you have to live up to expectations. Two, mm-hmm. you also are not being, it's not being done by Peter Jackson and it's going to be compared to Game of Thrones, which everyone loves. It's like there's so many variables against you yeah. for it to fail. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. no one's rooting for this. No one's rooting for this. <laughs> uh, one of the stars, oh boy, Moy Furf Clark reports. <laughs> one Moy Furf, oh I'm really sorry if you hear this. Morpheth, but it's Morpheth? spelled M-O-R-F-Y-D-D. So that's Morpheth? why we don't know what's going on. I also was looking at the phonetic pronunciation and still couldn't do it. Morpheth. <laughs> I would Morphif. never guess that that was a TH with the two Ds. Yeah. I wonder. Well, that. if Morphif listens, you can truly send me a voice memo on how to pronounce your name and I'll practice it. Yes. So he said, uh, or they said, one guy's job consists of just seeing how dust reacts to footsteps and breath. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, That's boy. That's very funny. Wait, I don't get it. So it's somebody who's part of, I assume, art department who gets to present to the director, here's what a footstep looks like in this dust. Wow. And here's what a footstep looks like in this dust. And if you blow on this, you can see what this dust does. And that's like, that's their job because I guess there's going to be a lot of dust. It's going to be a dusty Lord of the Rings. Oh my gosh. I mean, I I think the one thing, Paul, that would make me want to work on this a lot is that it's shooting in New Zealand where there's no coronavirus and they get work for five years. Yeah. Well, would you want to work for yeah. five years in New well, Zealand? No, no, I don't think I would. But I, I do like the idea of five years of being f- like safe feeling where you can but go around. Right. And- it okay. might not be for right. five years. They might do they might shoot it the way they shot the trilogies, which was like a year. That's true. Okay. Why would they wait if they know they're going to do yeah. five? Yeah. Maybe your character would die after the first season. I mean, yeah. that would be, be great. They can yeah. come back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should well, we let's take, a, take break? a quick break. Yes. yes. We'll be right back with some memes and parodies right after this short break. Remember in 
2018, when border control separated thousands of refugee kids from their parents and deported the parents back to their home countries while keeping the kids in the United States. Well, believe it or not, six years later, there are hundreds of families who still have not been reunified. Although we as a community may feel hopeless at times, I recently learned about an organization called Al Otro Lado, which works to reunify families. They provide holistic, legal, and humanitarian support to refugees, deportees, and other migrants in the U.S. and Tijuana through a multidisciplinary, client-centered, harm reduction-based practice. Since 2018, they've reunified over 100 refugee families ripped apart by Trump's zero-tolerance policy. Once reunited, Al Otrolado helps each family to find legal representation, housing, and counseling that they need in order to heal and get on their feet. Imagine having your child ripped from your arms and never knowing when you'd see them again. We can't let family separations go on. If you're like me and believe that families belong together, join me in supporting Al Otrolado and donate today. You can find the link to donate to Al Otrolado in the description of this episode or or go to gum.fm slash charity to donate today. You can also consider volunteering with the organization, which offers opportunities that are both in-person and virtual. The best way to get involved is by filling out an application on their website at alotrolado.org slash volunteer. Altrolado.org slash volunteer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. My social battery right now, where would I put it? Ooh, I mean, I'm I'm kind of looking to connect with friends. I'm also looking to retreat a little bit and be by myself. It's hard to know exactly what you need at any given time. And it can be so easy to ignore our social battery and spread ourselves too thin, especially with social gatherings picking up so much. After the winter, the spring is here. Well, what's the right amount of socializing for you and how do you recharge? Maybe you thrive around people. Maybe you need more alone time. Therapy can give you the self-awareness to build a social life that doesn't drain your battery. I started therapy when I was about 30, and it was so, so helpful for me for learning about myself, learning about boundaries, learning about my relationships with other people, and how to deal with other people. There's so many things you can benefit from therapy. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash newcomers today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash newcomers. Ooh, do you want to make your mom smile? Start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brand she loves. And guess what? It's delivered with the same day with DoorDash. Get 50% off your next order of up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now on DoorDash. And the promo code is NEWCOMERS. Listen, moms are a gift. I know that best. So give her the best this Mother's Day. Select from hundreds of expertly crafted bouquets to the best of tech to self-care essentials delivered right to the door. Get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with the code NEWCOMERS. That's NEWCOMERS. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Get a Mother's Day gift as unique as she is with DoorDash.
This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. So, okay. We're back. We're going to look at some memes and parodies. Let's do it. I cannot wait for this. Now, this is right up my alley because... I love a good parody. I know that Lord of the Rings have been has been parodied uh, so many times by so many smart people. Like I think the first Lord of the Rings parody was based out of the Harvard Lampoon. Like I think it's called oh, wow. Lord of the Rings. Like so, like oh, the Harvard yeah. Lampoon's like first book, and maybe maybe I'm it's sacrilege, but it's like these nerdy guys got together and like we're gonna write our funny version of Lord <laughs> of the Rings. And I, I and it also speaks to who the fans are in this. Like one of my yeah. friends, who's like one of the nerdiest, smartest comedy people I know has named his kids after characters in Lord of the Rings. Like he really? He is obsessed. I really want to know what Which names, names are. did they pick? Arwen. Oh, that uh, one's pretty. Okay. Yeah, it's a beautiful right. name. Yeah it's, yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful name. Uh, not no, Boromir? Yeah, Legolas. Yeah. yeah, not <laughs> Boromir or Gandalf. <laughs> if I have a son, I'm naming him Gandalf. Well, I think so many names, <laughs> so many kids, people name their kids like, um, what is it, the uh, Amelia Clark's character in Lord of the Rings, oh. I mean, uh, Game of Thrones, right? Is uh. it Daenerys or like, yeah. Daenerys oh, oh, Daenerys. Yeah. Huh. You don't want to be like a six-year-old, like, my name's Daenerys, like, from that show? It's like naming, <laughs> it's like, like naming your kid, like, Webster. You'd be like, I'm Webster. <laughs> like, oh, wait. <laughs> like, no, there's only one. <laughs> That's so funny. I wonder if there has to be somebody out there named Webster after Webster. <laughs> Maybe. That's so funny. That's, That's fine. That Doogie? I'm Doogie. My Doogie. parents I'm love Doogie. that show. Um... <laughs> I'm okay. Zach Morris. Uh, so the first <laughs> meme is a picture of Betty White in her youth. It's created by Kukarat. Uh, <laughs> and it says... Kukakraut. Uh, Interesting fact, Betty White used to be Betty Gray until she fought the Balrog oh and was reborn. Oh, wow. Boy. Okay. This is, a, so, this, is a, this is deep nerdy stuff. But <laughs> I will say, isn't it Gandalf the Gray? So right. it should be Betty the Gray. Whoa, am I a fucking nerd? Yeah. You should post this meme with your edits on it, like red marks, like arrow, uh, the. Okay, let's get it right. 
Um, that's cute. I mean, I like, I mean, I, I do feel like it says a lot that we fully get that one. Yeah. Enough to correct it. But mm-hmm. by the way, like, like, all right, come down this journey with me of going, all right, I love Lord of the Rings. That's cool <laughs> that he went from white to gray. Oh, <gasps> Betty White. Okay. Now Googling a picture of Betty White. Like, and he, this is an old picture of Betty White. Like, like this is the amount of legwork you had to mm-hmm. do to get this, like, slightly mediocre joke out is is pretty <laughs> is i probably would have done did you know barry white used to be barry the gray i would go i would go with that in a heartbeat by the way this person's also missing the biggest part which is like he should put a picture of her with gray hair yes. next to i mean uh, and he yeah. basically is posting a picture of her with dark hair which yeah. even com- uh, confuses me i i get upset when people post memes that they don't think it through like i was really mad at shannon sharp for this stupid meme that he posted about the clippers after they lost in the playoffs so sad i'm still upset about it but it was like get out of the playoffs and it was like a parody of the get out poster and it was like this movie got five rotten at- uh, five rotten tomatoes and i'm like that's not even a metric of <laughs> like what the the website you're parodying it's like just like Commit to the bit, like just do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's my. I, I'm gonna probably have trouble with some of these memes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my punch up to this okay. is that instead of any of this, I would just put a picture of Betty White when she was young, and just put Betty the Gray, and not explain it. And if you understand, mm-hmm. you understand. I think that's a good punch up. Thank you. What I would do is take uh, a picture of uh, of. Uh, Gandalf and then like Photoshop in Betty White's face. So she would be in the full costume because mm. right here, it's like, <laughs> what I want, what I want it to be is like Betty the White used to be Betty the Grey until she fought Balrog and was reborn, which means that Betty White also had the journey of Gandalf, which I don't agree with. So you have to change it to something that is Betty White specific, like Betty White fought, you know, whatever. And now she became Betty the Grey I would just just put her in the movie, and then all of a sudden, I, I think that's that. You know, because I, I think wanna, you're right. I, yeah, <laughs> she needs to be in a wizard hat for this. To yeah, really a hundred percent. Would it be Betty fought the rest of the Golden Girls because they're all dead? That, yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of trying to figure out what the Balrog would be in our world, and uh-huh. I don't know. Alf, she fought Alf <laughs> and was reborn. <laughs> yeah, I would watch that. Betty White and Alf together. <laughs> let's do it. Sounds great. All right, Yo, let's Betty. let's see the next one. <laughs> Okay, so this is a meme. I'm going to describe it for everyone out there, okay? It says, normal people when they're sick, and it's Frodo in bed. It's all white, and it's like glowing light on him. And then people with COVID-19, and it's Bilbo, who's when he's 111, holding something, and it says, after, oh, it's a ticket, I guess? And he says, mm-hmm. after all, why not? Why shouldn't I travel? Got it. Okay, so this is a this is kind of... This is kind of saying, and I think it's a, a, this is actually a pretty, you know, not controversial, but pretty uh, pointed remark about when people are sick with the flu, Mm -hmm. they take care of themselves. But when people know that COVID's out there, they're being a lot more risky. Uh, And I, and I do feel like, you know, look, this is a socially conscious uh, tweet, Uh, (laughs) but but I I was surprised that they would like politics or, uh, you know, not politics, but I guess. This is I, I'm surprised at the timeliness of this. Meme, mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's really fresh. Yeah, um, fresh off the press. And actually, it, it seems like it was posted six months ago uh, by. Oh wow. User right at the um, 
a crow man zero one but so like the, he got this person got in right at the beginning of all this and they were like mm-hmm. i have the perfect meme for this <laughs> it's a lord of the rings i'm taking a very specific line which it's based on bilbo's line after all why not why shouldn't i keep it and i'm gonna change it to after all why not why shouldn't i travel and just really roast these people with covid mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's so wild that this was made six months ago and we're Still in this. Still that part only is getting what, worse. Oh yeah, that part's the hard part. I think every day when I realize this is still happening, I have to like really just process it over and over again. I just I truly thought I'd be a couple weeks and we'd be like, all right, we made it through. Yeah, right? Sometimes it falls on the list, in my mind, of like the third or fourth most important thing. And that is, <laughs> oh, this thing can kill me. But yet it yeah. is not number one. Right. And like, I'm like, oh, I have two other things in front of this that I'm so <laughs> upset about and worried about. Every, yes, every day. Yeah. But my bottom is, <laughs> is still pretty much a number one. And I can't uh, leave my house and yeah. all of this stuff. Yes. I mean, now that the fires have dissipated a bit, I'm at least able to go outside for a walk. And I did That's that right. yesterday and I was like, now I'm happy. And I was like, the bar is so low. So low. <laughs> it's really so crazy. low. I so agree. Low. Like I went outside after... The fires dissipated a little bit and I was like, all right, back to normal pollution. Right. It was like the, <laughs> the air was moderately uh-huh. harmful and I was like, great. What was happened with this is like I was looking so much at like the air quality index and I saw how bad it was. And now I'm looking at the air quality index. I'm like, oh, but this is normal. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's yes. pretty bad. Like it's like I was thinking <laughs> I was like, oh, it's going to drop down to like 70s or 60s. No, no. It's like pretty much in the. Upper 90s, 100s. Like <laughs> yeah, it's nor- still, yeah. Like, pretty hot. Yeah, yeah. It's always bad for us, and we just yeah. accept it. So, wait, Paul, do you want to read this one? Uh, yes. Okay, so this is posted by um, Mashy2, and this is about a month ago. And the title is, Just Let Boromore uh, Borrow It. And uh, so, all right, it's three slides. Oh, the first one is, uh, if, if you would lend me the ring, and then Frodo says no. He goes, why not? My name is... Borrow more, not steal a more, you <laughs> overgrown poodle. Okay. That one, I, it doesn't do anything for me. And no. my criticism of this is that my my assumption is maybe that it was made by either a child or an old person. Like there's no <laughs> in between. <laughs> old people rocking yeah. out the memes. Yeah. I think this was a dad who just discovered Reddit and was like, I could do one. Well, dad do jokes. One. This is a great dad joke. Uh, like, yeah. Borrow more versus steal a more. I mean, this is so stupid. But yeah. I. But you know what? My favorite one of the bunch because this is what <laughs> memes should be. Like this is the level that we should be at. Like so yeah. far, so far, I'm like you. You accomplished the dumbest thing. I get it. Yeah. It's simple. I'm not confused like the other ones. The other ones are a little bit like they're trying to make a point so hard, but you don't have enough line space to all make it work. Here, there's enough line. Like I get it. It all. It all tells me a story. I don't love it, but mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> well, the next one is pretty, I, I would say, divisive, kind of. So this is Mouth Smasher. This was a month ago. Okay. Uh, the quote above it is, many that live deserve death and some that die deserve life. Which, uh, you know, okay, I, sure. I get that. But it's a picture of Gandalf. I think he's Gandalf the Grey here. And it says, what can you see? And then there's a picture of the ring and oh it says boy. there are markings. And on the ring, it says, I refuse to wear a mask. And then Froto says, it's some form of selfish. Now, I like, again, going back to the, the itch that this scratches for me, selfish, elfish, I'm in. 
Uh, I'm okay. into this dad. Right. I'm into this terrible dad joke, but I don't necessarily understand this. Besides that wordplay, like, like what is? Uh, I mean, I get it, but like, why would the ring be saying that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why does the ring refuse to wear a mask? And then I guess, like, I feel like if I'm what I'm guessing happened is the person was like selfish. Everyone keeps saying it's so selfish to not wear a mask. That right. sounds like elvish. Yes. And then they were like, let's work backwards from there. But what <laughs> is the is the inscription on the ring in Elfish? Let's say yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I don't right. think you. I don't think we we can read it. Yeah, like I don't remember being able to read anything on it. But it's weird. It's like uh, do, now you've seen it recently. I have not. Does the do the markings change in the ring? Is it like is it um, like a like an LED like light board? Does it like go around I differently? Don't think, I don't think. No, it's like I feel a like magic it just lights ball. up yeah. when you're okay. looking or you're susceptible to its. Yeah. See, I would vibes. do a thing because this ring makes you disappear, right? Like when you put it on. So mm-hmm. I would make when you put it on, you get a mask. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So like, make sure you always wear your ring out in public, <laughs> and you're and you're always wearing the mask, so you're protected the same way that Frodo was protected when he was invisible. But it also yeah. makes you go crazy. But that's so that's a tricky comp. Yeah, I'm going to say this meme for me doesn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a bit of a stretch. I want it to be sillier. I feel like mm-hmm. we're, we're, you know, these coronavirus Lord of the Ring crossover. I'm like, I'm looking to unwind with a meme, you know, not mm-hmm. think yeah. about the news. Well, also, <laughs> it doesn't this literally doesn't make sense to the plot. Of Lord of the Rings, nor does it like make sense in the world. There's the a, you, Lauren, you are exactly right. There's one thing that is selfish, elfish. That's the, <laughs> everything was backwards uh, created from that. <laughs> All right, let's see this next one. Now, I'm a little confused, but there is apparently a reference point for this. Okay, okay so it's the title of this Reddit thread. First of all, it's from Bagel Goose B2. And it says, did he really have to bite it like that? Okay, so there's a guy smiling. And then it says, watching orcs literally cannibalize each other. And then the guy is kind of like slacked all like, huh? And it's watching Denethor eat that one tomato. And then we, I think we have to click this. Yeah. And I'm watching it. <laughs> I don't remember this part Ew. of the movie. I, I but... love this now. I mean, I, I, it's unfortunate that, <laughs> that you would need to click link. So I yeah, the that link has to explain the meme. Yes. The meme. Like, uh, you don't want to have like uh, annotation with your meme to like make it make sense. But, but I do if you're think... a hardcore fan, you would definitely get you it. You would know. You would know. The way that man eats that tomato is disgusting. That That's was truly funny. sick. This meme's yeah. funny, and I don't mind that there were steps. No, I like ba- it. Uh, yeah, I like that we best did one. Work. Best one so far. <laughs> that one's really good. Okay, love that. All right, so now it's time for some watch along content. Yes, this is a simple walk into Mordor, episode one, synopsis. Two super nerds do uh, do in six days what took Frodo and Sam three movies to complete. They will walk the 120-mile or plus-mile journey across New Zealand uh, from the filming location of Hobbiton to uh, Maltima. <laughs> oh, no. To the filming location of Mount Doom, Mount Nagubabloop. And this is only the first <laughs> of five episodes. If you want to follow along on YouTube, the video is called A Simple Walk into Mordor, Episode 1, posted by Rooster Teeth. And they're very funny. Yes, and we're going to start it in 3, 2, 1. Hi. 
I'm Kerry Shawcross. And I'm Chris Demers. And we're two diehard Lord of the Rings fans. We've seen all the movies a dozen times, read and reread the books, watched the movies a few more times, and then read the books again. In Lord of the Rings, Frodo and Sam walk all the way from the Shire to the heart of Mordor, Mount Doom. This journey took them about six months of walking to complete, or in layman terms, three books. Because you know, one does not simply walk into Mordor. How far is that though? Since you can't exactly plug the Shire Mordor into Google Maps, we looked at the distance between the filming locations in New Zealand used by Peter Jackson. And as it turns out, Frodo and Sam actually took the long route to Mordor. The set of Hobbiton is here. They shot Rivendell all the way down here. Here's the Mines of Moria. And the mountain used for Mount Doom is here. Right next to Hobbiton. Really. It turns out, the total distance from the set of Hobbiton to Mount Narahoe, the mountain used as Mount Doom, is only about 120 miles. 120 miles? You know, it seems like one could simply walk to Mordor, right? So after realizing this, we naturally hopped on a plane and flew to New Zealand for a week. It was a long trip, but we had good in-flight entertainment. We loaded up backpacks with camera survival and hobbit gear and headed to Matamata, the home of the Hobbiton film set. This is Nick, our New Zealand travel partner, who will walk with us and document the journey. We have six days to do what took Frodo and Sam three films to complete. We will take our official Lord of the Rings Ring of Power replica 120 miles to Mount Doom and destroy it. Easy, right? I mean, how hard could it be? It's just a simple walk into Mordor. And so we found ourselves on the beautiful set of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, ready to begin our nearly 200 kilometer, 120 mile journey. You, uh, you ready? Yep, let's, let's do it. Us guys, sorry, sorry. Unfortunately, we were with a guided tour of the set, so it was a little awkward while we were leaving. And then we had to wait for the tour to finish before we could actually start walking, so we kind of just hung out for a bit. I kind of really want to see what they are like at the end of 120 miles. I know, I know. But eventually the tour ended they put they um, hobbit feet over their shoes, they're wearing <laughs> capes, and backpacks full of shit. Now, they look really nerdy and ready for the thing, but I feel like by the time they get to the end, it's going to be, like, haggard. But why do they start off with a tour? Maybe they had to, to, like, be able to go there. I bet you because you can't go to those sets without uh, being supervised. I see. In order to reach Mount Doom in time for our return flight, we're going to have to average about 20 to 25 miles per day. We started with a short Dang. cut by cutting across some farmland. Oh, look at the baby lambs. <laughs> All lambs are baby lambs. Oh, well, oh that's, that's cute. Ever. And that's lunch for tonight. Wait, you don't eat lunch tonight. That's dinner for tonight. There is so much crap. That's a little known fact about uh, Middle Earth is it's 50%. Yeah, we got a lot of poop ahead of us. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, no. I snapped my, my walking stick. God damn it. Well, that was quick. Stay I quit. <laughs> I'm out. No, you can't cannot oh, drink out of that. Why not? Well, I wouldn't recommend it. You'll probably get sick. Oh, that, that's probably cow water, huh? Yeah. That's I mean, a lot horrible. of this is them terrorizing animals. <laughs> I know. Get yeah. away from them. Idiot. Is this electric? Yes. Oh, God. 
<laughs> I do. God damn it, Chris. <laughs> if you electrocute me because you're using a plastic toy, <laughs> I'm gonna strangle you. Alright, look, I can get it myself. Oh, you're it's no. Oh. Ah! Okay, we've scared the cows enough. We've got. Yeah, I hate, I hate this. I, I know, I'm so, they're I'm me so off. angry at this. Right? I because don't like that they're terrorizing these poor cows who are just living a life. And it's also like, it's a flawed experiment. It's like you're just walking from set to set. You're like, like, if there was a part, I know why I'm like, I'm getting caught up in the, like, we did it in six days. Like, well, but you didn't like just traverse the same amount of space that they did. Right. stupid. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, Watching I these two guys both. hike, I, I guess. <laughs> so if I want to see them go to sleep turn. and shit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a it's like watching sunset. somebody's home videos. <laughs> it is. Is there's not enough going on? I'm like, let's just get to the point yeah. where they get tired they make of walking. It. Yes. Did need six videos of this. Give me one. This is like the Hobbit of. Uh, of, of, yeah, of videos. YouTube it hiking really, videos. Yeah, it's like they made it into a seven-minute video that should be two minutes. So in the morning, yeah. we're going to play a little game. All I keep on thinking is they wrecked their vacation. They got like one week off a year and they did this. New Zealand and being around farm animals. And I made friends with some cows. We were a bit slower than I probably expected that we were going to go so that Chris could chase animals. Now we're about <laughs> That's so dumb when you're walking so much and one day they're just gonna run for no reason towards animals. And we're gonna make that up tomorrow, so tomorrow's gonna be a bit I like this New Zealander person. He's very handsome. We've got over hundred miles left. And even more You only walk twenty miles? But it's in the lava and not my knee. You know, I won't join the journey. Are they done? To me, it doesn't look like it was hard at all because they're wearing like full on hobbit costumes the mm-hmm. entire time. Ugh. Ugh. He just uh. popped a blister with a safety pin. That's the end. All right. That's five more videos to go. <laughs> wow. I, oh, yeah, no. I'd be out after that first one. I I mean, I think they should do it the way that uh, it's filmed. Like, walk past where you're supposed to go and then loop back to where, right. yeah. where you're... Yeah, just do what they did in the, in the, in the movie. Okay, I want to jump into this next one because it's VeggieTales, Lord of the Beans. Ooh, perfect. I, I love, love VeggieTales. Did you ever watch it in school? I had to, like, I, that's the only place in I ever school? saw it. In school? It's super religious, right? VeggieTales? Yeah, Tales? it's religious. I know. We watched it in Spanish class, though. Maybe there was some oh, wow. Spanish episode. I don't know. But Lord of the Beans is the 27th episode in the VeggieTales series, and it teaches the lesson of how to use your gifts. What what restraint? 27 episodes in before they get their parody. <laughs> They, uh, it starts Junior Asparagus as Toto Baggy Pants, who receives a special mm. gift of a bean that could give him anything. <laughs> We're starting this video at the 5.30 mark, so if you want to follow along on YouTube, the video is called Lord of the Beans VeggieTales T3E1, posted by Caricatons. This is interesting. This is, uh, that the fun fact here is really fascinating to me, that due to a strong resemblance of its source material, the episode's not available to purchase domestically in Australia or New Zealand. Like... <laughs> But I don't understand, like, so Australia and New Zealand refuse parody? 
Right. Like, Maybe. of course, it's going to look like the thing. That's, that would be That's like, the idea. Would, yeah, it would be like, oh, we don't air Naked Gun or airplane movies <laughs> in the United States because it <laughs> too closely resembles uh, the movies that we make for serious. So this scene will supposedly provide some catharsis for us after all the impossible names of people and places we are forced to pronounce and try to remember. <laughs> and if you want to follow along, it starts at the 2206 mark. We're going to start it in three, two, one. So these elders must be as old as the trees. No. They are the trees. Hail, elders of the raspberry forest. May your fruit never fall. <laughs> I already love this. <laughs> I mean, it is identical to the film. <laughs> Welcome, Randolph. Son of Mandolf. Ah! Mandolf. Oh, flame of Remorthia Olilith. Thank you for your welcome, Lord Thalaminion Terraglyph, son of Fairbill <laughs> Lithimon. That is a beautiful <laughs> jewel you wear. Yes, a gift from a friend. I have an eye for beautiful things. But tell me, Randolph, son of Mandolf, did you come here to admire my jewelry? No, Lord Thalaminion Terraglyph, son of Therabil Elithamon. It is the matter of a bean that brings us here. A bean that I believe may be the bean. You mean Randolph, son of Mandal? <laughs> I think this is very Lord funny. I like this. Sold. This is great. It has fallen into the possession of a young flobbit who seeks your wisdom in knowing for what purpose it should be used. He should take the bean through the blue gate to the land of woe, Randolph, son of Mandolph. There he will find his answer. <laughs> One of them is the Keebler elf. <laughs> Knock it off. They're just saying hello. Huh? Uh, but, but the land of woe is a cursed place filled with evil. What would he do when he gets there? Ew. It will be awesome. I believe we must be going. Thank you for your sage advice. Get out, get out. Paul, get was out. this on AFI's list? This is absolutely perfect. I've never loved a thing more. <laughs> oh, that kind of raspberry. I said no matter what happens, don't laugh or smile. Didn't I say that? Well, you didn't mention they were going to talk like that. So, how long will they keep us here? The last fellow I knew who made fun of their language was up here for 12 years. Then they let him go? No, he was blown off in a windstorm. Never seen again. That felt so much like the movies that I don't even know what to tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it, I guess because I was looking at, like, cartoon vegetables, <laughs> and they were silly. I, yeah, <laughs> I like the voices. Yeah. Okay, wait, this is exciting. This next one, uh, Frodo, Don't Wear the Ring by Flight of the Concords, because Brett McKenzie appeared in the first and third movies, which we like. We barely recognized him because he looked so different. Mm -hmm. um, and in 
in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and his silent role in the first film as Figwit achieved some minor internet fame, which led to Jackson giving him a line in the third film. And in April 2011, he was cast as the elf Linder for the upcoming The Hobbit. His father, Peter McKenzie, played the role of Elendil in the Lord of the Rings. Oh. So if you want to follow along on YouTube, the video is called Flight of the Concords. Proto, don't wear the ring. And it's posted by Middle of Middle Earth. And we're going to start it in three, two, uh, one. Okay, guys, come on. Look a bit more afraid, okay? <laughs> don't be scared of the, sand, the dirt on your feet, Brett. Just down properly. Okay, so you're scared. You're huddling together. Ring Wraith is coming. Get your ring out. Frodo, don't wear the ring. I know it's very tempting. Yes, you will appear to disappear. But the dark riders don't know you're there. Yes, Lord Sauron has many spies. Many spies have many eyes. I'm not a conjurer of cheap tricks. I can't carry the ring. But I can carry you, Mr. Frodo. You have my sword. And my bow. And my axe. We'll never make it. There's thousands of them and only nine of us. Oh, we made it. Hooray. We made it. Yo, Frodo, what you doing wearing the ring? All powerful jewelry, is that your new thing? I know it's hard when you're little more than three foot four, your little ass so close to the floor. Trying to get the fellows to the gates of Mordor. The fellowship, yeah, the fellowship. But don't rap about bitches and hoes, I rap about witches and trolls. Cause the peasant on the words of the elf king, who is them to all? Frodo, what you doing wearing the ring? All powerful jewelry, is that your new thing? I know it's hard when you're little more than three foot four, your little ass so close to the floor. Trying to get the fellows to the gates of Mordor. The fellowship, yeah, the fellowship. But don't rap about bitches and hoes, I rap about witches and trolls. Cause the peasant on the words of the elf king, who is them to all? Frodo, don't wear the ring. Wow. That was That's fun. truly like I loved you, it. If you, I, I thought it was great, but if you have one line in the movie and then you make a whole song about that movie, <laughs> it's a bold move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're also so great. I mean, I feel like that, They're like, so I'm funny. missing stuff like that. I feel like there were more, uh, like movies, like songs about movies. Weird Al Yankovic, I feel like did it. I feel yes. like people were doing this back in the day more, mm-hmm. and uh, and I and I, I appreciated it. It was a uh, yeah. I'm I'm all on board with that. That was my favorite video so far. It was next very to the Veggie Tales. <laughs> I mean, the Veggie Tales one really did it for me. And then I guess the, that one, Flight of the Concords, is a close second. Yeah, I mean, look, the Veggie Tale one was basically Lord of the Rings just with vegetables. So, I mean, uh, so on that level, parody was not, it wasn't even parody. It was it simply wasn't. just vegetables. It was, it was a clip uh, from the movie redrawn with vegetables. Can, can I talk to you before, I, I won't reveal what this is yet. This is one of my favorite things. I own this. 
thing oh, okay. that we're going to be talking about. Oh. So um, it's amazing. And speaking of songs and movies being inspired by songs, the same way that Neil Diamond watched E.T. and came home and wrote Turn On Your Heart Light. Like mm-hmm. that's what's what we're walking <laughs> I into forgot now. About this. that, that's like the funniest thing. <laughs> he was so moved by the film ET. He's like, Fuck, <laughs> I didn't I got know that. This. Turn on your heart light. I mean, <laughs> I when you it. think of it, it's even so. I mean, it's dumber. But like when you, <laughs> I love it. All right, uh, you can set this up because I cannot wait for this. Okay, uh, you want to read this one, Nicole? Sure. The Ballad of Biblo Baggins is a song composed by Charles Randolph Green. Uh, and it's performed by Leonard Nimoy telling the story of Bobo Baggins and his adventures in uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's novel, The Hobbit. Recording was featured on the two sides of Leonard Nimoy, the second of Nimoy's albums. When the single was originally released, Nimoy lip sank to the recording during a guest appearance on the 1967 episode of Malibu U, a short-lived mm. variety television series. The segment survives as a music video and shows Nimoy and a group of color-coordinated young women all wearing plastic-pointed ears, singing and dancing a strange waddling dance on a beach. By the way, this is confusing to most people because they're all wearing pointy ears. Now, Leonard Nimoy, known for also being a character that wears pointy ears, but I would imagine that it's confusing. (laughs) He is doing an ode to a character he is not. Well, anyway. Yeah. Okay. It's, so it's, it's, <laughs> if you want to follow along on YouTube, the video is called Nimoy Sings Bilbo Baggins, posted by SunFun2210. Oh, so okay. I'm excited to see this. The music is so perfect. We're going to start in three, two, one, go. <laughs> Yeah, confusing. Little hobbit whom we all admire with his long wooden pipe, fuzzy woolly toes. He lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, he's only three feet tall. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Wow. It's a peace-loving folks, you know. They're never in a hurry and they take things slow. They don't mm-hmm. like to travel away from home. They just like to eat and be left alone. But one day Bilbo was asked to go on a big adventure to the caves below to help some dwarves get back their gold that was stolen by a dragon in the days of old Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins, only three feet tall. This is wild. The bravest little hobbit of them all. Well, he fought with the goblins. He battled a troll. He riddled with Gollum. A magic ring he stole. (laughs) He was chased by wolves, lost in the forest, escaped in a barrel from the elf king's halls. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. This is rather catchy. It is. I'm like, I guess I could drive around to this. Now he's back in his home in the land of Shire, that brave little hobbit whom we all admire. Just sitting on a treasure of silver and gold, puffing on his pipe in his hobbit. Ho, ho, Bilbo, Bilbo. Bill, 
Wow. wow. What did you think of that? I, I like it. I thought it was very fun and it was very Gidget, you know, yeah. kind of vibes. Is this, is, is, was he a singer? Well, right, he like, released an album, uh, which I wanted, I pulled up here. Uh, you can, I'll explain what it looks like. It's, um, it's a picture of Leonard Nimoy. It's two pictures of him and it's a, uh, one is Spock and he's facing like um profile and the other is Leonard Nimoy and he's facing profile and they're looking at each other. And the album is called Two Sides of Leonard Nimoy. And they're all these amazing songs. This is what I own. Um, and he, I guess in 1968, riding high on the Spock wave, uh, he just was like, I want to get this out. You know, we make fun of like Jared Leto and, you know, whatever, 30 Seconds to Mars. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy was doing it all before, you know, he was like, let's it. do this. Yeah. That's so fun. It is confusing, though, because it did look like his Star Trek character yeah. singing about Biblo. I know. Yeah, well, I, well yeah. like he wore pointy ears in the video. I think it was pretty grainy, but mm-hmm. like to well, make the choice to wear the ears, but you're singing about someone else. I don't know. It's funny. I will also say that that album, which is really interesting, if you're a Star Trek person, one side are all songs as Spock. Oh. And one side is all songs as Leonard Nimoy. So maybe he was singing that from Spock's perspective. Mm-hmm. He's like, another pointy eared person. <laughs> He's like, that's I connect my to family. This. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a really bizarre thing there's seven spock specific songs on that album that's a real treat i that's like really it fun. yeah go look it up and you will uh it's i'll tell you it's something. perfect i probably won't um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice to know that it's out there it's there it's there <laughs> speaking of things that are out there we've come to the end paul do you have anything oh. you want to plug I don't. I mean, I feel like we talked about it. I have some podcasts. Uh, I've been doing some fun stuff on Twitch as I'm exploring whatever that is since we can't perform in the real yeah. world anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, you know, you can follow me. You can listen to podcasts. And uh, I just love being here. And I love talking about Lord of the Rings with you both. Well, Thank I'm going to plug something it. for you. Uh-huh. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. Black Monday. I started watching it. It's so funny. Oh, thank you so it much. It is so funny. It's a- Real treat. It's set in the 80s. It's like a period piece comedy. I thoroughly am enjoying it. I am so happy that you are. Uh, Don Cheadle is awesome and uh, he has been so much fun. Uh, and Regina Hall is like one of the funniest people I've ever met. So she's hilarious. Andrew Rannell's great. And Yasser Lester and Horatio Sands. It's such a fun cast. And it's created by the co-created by the guy who created Happy Endings. And yeah, I feel like we're on Showtime, so no one has Showtime. So they're uh, they they don't know it exists, so I feel like people are like, oh wait a second, I stumbled on this, and it makes it really mm-hmm. hard well, to find it. Well, now it's on Hulu. Oh, there. That's we how go. I found it. It's on Hulu. Finally, we need to get on oh, that. That's Hulu. great. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's. Important. And you learned we, how to roller skate or roller blade. I did. I learned how to roller skate <laughs> and roller blade. I had to really. I had lost <laughs> so much weight because uh, my character in the second season moves, and I had to be shirtless. And there's nothing more uh, for me. Where uh, I needed to be, I was like, I got it. If I'm going to have my shirt off, I have to, I can't be this middle. I have to figure out one side <laughs> or the other. And so uh, I did a lot of work and uh, I learned how to roller skate and I learned how to roller blade. And I, I, I want to go join you, Nicole, on your uh, roller skating this one time. I want Come. to. Oh my God, you to. would probably be racing circles. You had like lessons and everything, didn't you? We'll see. We'll see. My, <laughs> my instructor, Appaloosa, is amazing. Uh, she's great. Appaloosa. She's awesome. What yeah. a fun name. She's That's awesome. so cool. She's great. Apple. Oh, I guess her name is Apple. Her full name is Apple, I believe. Yes. Oh, I call her okay. Apple. Yeah. She's great. Wait, are you getting roller skating lessons from Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter, Apple? <laughs> I'm funny. I'm very funny. <laughs> this should Make be a meme. Make these memes. Make these memes. 
Uh, this has been so good. And, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to uh, see what you explore next. Oh, my God. Thank you. I I am uh, nervous for what's next. But, Nicole, Same. we're still in the middle of this. So do you have anything you want to plug while we're here? Um, I'm going to plug uh, talking to your friends about voting, talking to your parents about voting. Um, since I've watched that documentary, I've learned that me posting is just serving people what they've already seen. Right. So to talk to people who aren't seeing uh, what what we see, uh, talk to them, talk to cousins, talk to people. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to just uh, use this opportunity to plug your Patreon and mine. (laughs) 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 And I'm going to say voting is also really important. And I did feel really frustrated watching that documentary and thinking like, because even though I get comments from Trump supporters, Mm -hmm. but like they don't, they're not going to be, their mind's not going to be changed by my post. So it's not like I'm giving. There was a study this week that said that, um, most voters who are voting for Trump or Biden don't know anybody else. Like they're not in the, like the social circles are not connecting, which is actually kind of uh, upsetting because I feel like we're so ingrained in what we like. It's almost blind faith right now. It's like the way I go and treat like a Tom Cruise or Denzel Washington movie. It's like, I'll, I'll see it. Like, I'm just going, like, you don't even Mm -hmm. need to tell me anything about it. And I think we do need to be careful about what we are voting in. But I also want to just bang the drum of saying, locally look locally because there's so much shit happening locally like from judges and bills and bills are worded to fuck you up and there's money taken out and it's like it's public school is so important and and we have a kid that goes to public schools like so if you don't want to get involved in the big stuff just go there and get involved in the little stuff because that stuff will literally affect you yeah because if you have a kid charter schools are a real interesting thing that i've recently started looking into because my sister works in a school and she was explaining to me that like the choice to choose leaves out ki- what it's a oh, whole, yeah. it's a very it's very deep it's interesting like right now i mean zoom is leaving kids out i mean like I you're know, saying like, so you're saying that. like oh you need to have wi-fi you need to have yeah. a computer you need to have headphones like you know it's, it's like kids in shelter yeah it, it's upsettingly classes and uh, and yes we've made a bunch of great strides in la especially with like food and and all these ipads and bullshit but it's it will have very big long term effects, and it's yeah, it's it's penalizing. It's really penalizing people. It's it's terrible. Yeah, it's really overwhelming. Well, on that, sorry, on that note, I didn't mean to no. note. No, it's, are, <laughs> it's important. It's these it's, are the facts it, of our yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, it's a wild time to be alive. Uh, like I said, some days COVID is three on the list. You know. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a little light way to end with our Battle of the Five Star segment. Um, you want to read this one? Sure. So this is a segment where we read your five star reviews. This is Lord of the Stars by a bunch of letters and no vowels. I've never <laughs> seen Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. And after listening to each episode of Newcomers, I still don't know much about them. <laughs> I know enough to be conversational. And that works for me. That's, That's such funny. an honest I review. <laughs> yes. By and the that way, works for me. it's an endorsement. Do we need to be more than conversational about any of these topics? <laughs> no. If you are more than conversational, you are weird. Like, I mean, like people are gonna people are gonna label you. As someone like, oh boy, I once brought out a Lord of the Rings board game that Rich Summer, the board game expert, gave to me. It was a super fun game, and I never fucking lived down. Oh, Paul's got that nerdy Lord of the Rings game. Like, <laughs> it's a, it's a fun game. It happens to be the characters are Lord of. I'm not like up in that, but I got ridiculed. I didn't bring that game out ever again. I, I, I was, yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. Well, it's been. 
such a joy to to learn from the fans with these mm-hmm. memes and videos and send-ups. And next week, we'll be back to dive a little further into the minds of the creators, perhaps even the OG creator himself. So we'll see you then. Goodbye. Right. You gonna bring Bye. him back from the dead? <laughs> I don't know what I mean by that. <laughs> <laughs> was a HeadGum original.